0: you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk, and thank you all once again for being patient, as I took a much, much needed week off last week, but you know what, I'm chomping at the bit to get back in front of this microphone, because we've got plenty of, well, breaking news to talk about over the last week, and you know what, we'll get to more of our retrospective on the 2012 basketball season. But like I say, there's plenty of stuff to talk about with a season that we hope is going to happen here in a couple months. And of course, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. And of course, the biggest thing to talk about here at the top is last week, the president's of the SEC schools decided that they were going to play a 10-game SEC-only football schedule this season and also that they were going to push the start of said season back to September 26th. Also, a potential 11th game, the SEC title game, will now take place on December 19th. Now, barring any huge changes, fall camp for all these SEC teams including the Missouri Tigers, will start on Friday. So that'll give them about 50 days, if I'm doing my math correctly, to figure out how to get in 24 practices, essentially. So it's going to be interesting how, how much these practices are spaced out, whether those off days, maybe how those will be used by the team. Maybe there will be some creative manners in which Eli Drinkwitz is able to, I don't know, at least get him to, concentrate on the playbook or something but clearly as we've pointed out before especially I've pointed it out I'm concerned that this is going to be such a odd season in general it's always difficult for a first year coach for the most part I've just found especially in college football continuity can be a really really big deal and if you look at up and down the SEC right now other than Arkansas There's quite a bit of continuity in this conference. Now, you've got new coaches at Ole Miss and Mississippi State, too, in Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach, respectively. Especially Leach is a guy, you maybe expect him to hit the ground running a little more. And now Lane Kiffin, the thing with him is we're not totally sure what to expect from him in his first year. Definitely an offensive guy, but... Missouri doesn't have to play Mississippi more than likely since they were our homecoming opponent last year. So not so concerned with them, but everybody else on the schedule with the exception of again Mississippi State and Mike Leach and Arkansas and their new coach, well, they're going to have some continuity that Missouri simply doesn't, especially on the offensive side of the football. Now defensively, Missouri is going to have plenty of continuity, so Hopefully that solid defense will continue to be solid. They can replace some some cornerbacks in particular. That's probably my biggest concern on that side of the football. But, of course, on the offensive side of the football, the biggest concern has to be at quarterback. And, honestly, the more I read about Sean Robinson, the more I look into his career, I'm starting to think it's going to be a really good sign, a better sign for the Mizzou football season if Connor Bazalack beats him out. Now Bazalack, of course, looked impressive on a drive at the end of the Georgia game. Also looked good against Arkansas before tearing his ACL in the first half. So most Mizzou beat writers, most of the intelligentsia around Columbia has been assuming that Sean Robinson is the man to beat. But frankly, when you dig into his advanced statistics – especially his completion percentages and you start breaking them down between deep shots, intermediate and close close attempts. It didn't fare his numbers didn't fare very well in the Big 12 compared to his Big 12 counterparts. Now, the excuses that I'm seeing a lot for Robinson are injury related. And my thing is is okay, Maybe he was banged up 2 years ago when he started about half a season for the Texas Christian Horn Frogs and perhaps this season he'll be fully healthy and ready to go and looking like the four-star high school prospect, number 6 dual-threat quarterback as ranked by some people in the nation. Maybe he'll look more like that. But I have some skepticism there because quite honestly if there's one spot on your body as a quarterback that you do not want to injure, it's your throwing shoulder. So I'm just I'm a little bit skeptical. I, I certainly hope that that young man is healthy by all means. But to me, there's just something about I, I saw enough from Connor Bazalack last year that there's just something away about the way the ball comes out of that kid's hands. He just I thought he was decisive as well, which is something I always look for in my quarterbacks. I want him to be decisive and make quick decisions, whether that's to come off the first read and get to the secondary read or to, frankly, know when to tuck it and run at the correct time. Ultimately, I, sh- I may end up doing a further detailed breakdown of Sean Robinson's time at TCU. But again, if this is a different player, if this is a damaged Player injury wise, then I'm not sure how helpful that exercise will be. But again, generally speaking, right now I'm just this is just my gut feeling. I'm really, really hoping that Connor Bazelak takes this job. And it sounds like he's fully cleared to play. It sounds like he's participating fully in everything that they're doing. So I don't know. Unfortunately, the problem is is come Friday when Mizzou camp opens, they get to practicing. We're not going to get a lot of very good information. There's going to be almost nobody there. I don't think the beat writers, because of, again, of course, COVID-19, social distancing protocols, they're trying to limit, you know, understandably so, limit the amount of people around the team. So I don't think we're going to be getting much information. Certainly, before all of this happened, I was thinking maybe I could get a press pass, see a practice or two, but Clearly, that's not going to be the case. So right now, it's all just pure speculation. And my speculation at this moment is I'd like to see Bazelak win the job over Sean Robinson. And you know what? Speaking of Robinson and Bazelak, this whole COVID-19 scenario has me thinking about how Missouri and obviously other teams should be managing their quarterback room. And we'll get to that in the next segment but first, I, got, I want to tell you guys once again about rockauto.com. Quite frankly, this company, rockauto.com, it's a lot like Amazon of auto parts to me. Because quite honestly, sometimes you don't need the thing that you want immediately. So what do you do? You go online to amazon.com, search for basically everything you could possibly want, and just patiently wait a couple days for it to show up. Well, that's essentially the same idea over at rockauto.com because unlike your traditional big box retailers, well, they've just got a massive amount of space to keep parts from all various manufacturers, makes and models, everything you could possibly imagine. It's all in their big warehouses, and it's all sitting there ready to ship to you right now. So my question is, unless it's a emergency scenario, why would you spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts that you can get? So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your vehicle, and please write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Well, obviously. Many of you are St. Louis Cardinals fans, so you're well aware of what's happening in Major League Baseball right now, and that just obviously puts a very bright spotlight on the fact that, well, if positive tests start happening for Mizzou football this season when the season gets underway, well, some of those players are, at the very least, we're going to have to sit out, and worst-case scenario, games will be canceled, And, you know, strangely, that was one thing that I was a little bit surprised about initially with the schedule, was that it was pushed back, the start of the season, to September 26th from, I believe, what, September 3rd, 4th, 5th, I don't have my my calendar in front of me right now, but very early September to now late September. And I guess my original thought was, well, if you're going to play less games, why not still start the season at the same time? You just give yourself more bye weeks, essentially, and more scheduling wiggle room. But since this is our reality, since this is how the SEC has chosen to proceed, well, I think if you're Eli Drinkwitz, I think your first concern has got to be, wait a minute, what if everybody in my quarterback room tests positive for this virus? Now, we were just talking about basilac and Sean Robinson in the previous segment. Well, what if both of those guys and Taylor Powell and the freshman Brady Cook, anybody, any warm body on your roster who could potentially play the most important position on the field, well, it's not hard to imagine that, gosh, they could all, since they're spending a lot of time together in the same room, maybe somehow they could get it. Well, to me, that's my first concern. And, and the odd thing is it's like, all right, Obviously, we have to maybe divide the team up into smaller groups, something we're already done in terms of practicing. But you would think that those smaller groups would be broken down into position as well, because at a certain point, we as linebackers, we as corners, safeties, offensive linemen, whatever it might be, we have to learn how to communicate with each other and be on the same page. So, Again, this is just yet another challenge of this time that, frankly, I'm glad I'm not Eli Drinkwitz and I have to figure all this stuff out. Now, don't get me wrong, I'll take his salary. That sounds nice. But all the rest of this stuff, I don't envy him whatsoever. He's done about as good of a job as he possibly can so far under the circumstances. I'm just saying, again, tough spot for that guy. Now, switching gears here for just a second, Stuart Mandell who's a big time national college football writer. Lee well, tweeted out theory. Once fans get a taste of a ten game conference only schedule with few or no buy games, and by buy he doesn't mean buy like bye week. B U Y is in you buy a victory against Southeast Missouri State or something. He says, the fans are never going to want to go back once they get a taste of this 10-game SEC schedule, for instance. While, you know what, I've, I've sort of posited that, that idea before on this, in this space as well. But you know what, I'm much more of a Power 5-only conference guy than I am a conference-only guy. I mean, technically, the SEC is so big and powerful and, of course, popular in its region and even nationally as well, they could get away with that. Um, And even the Big Ten could as well. Now, the Big 12, on the other hand, sure, Texas and Oklahoma, there's always going to be plenty of eyeballs down there. But I'd be worried about that conference. Once again, in general, if Missouri were still in the Big 12 and I was hearing all these types of new changes, because, again, this is just classic Big 12. They're now still letting their teams dangle in the wind. Apparently, I guess this week they're going to finally announce what they're going to do. You know, all these other power conferences have basically decided here's how we're going forward. Meanwhile, Big 12 still undecided. Well, this is very reminiscent to me of back in 2011, 2010, that era of conference realignment when essentially Oklahoma and Texas left Missouri dangling in the wind. And we're saying, because Missouri kept going, hey, we're, we're going to keep this conference together, right? And Oklahoma's going, I don't know, maybe. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll go to the Pac-16 with Texas and Oklahoma State and Texas Tech and all this nonsense. I'm sorry, that uncertainty is what ultimately led Missouri to leaving the conference. Now, I understand so many people are, are still pine for the days of the old Big Eight and wish Missouri was still in the Big 12. And you know what? In a perfect world, I agree with you. But unfortunately, in the real world, Missouri would have done its entire athletic department a giant disservice to just put really its entire Power 5 athletic future in jeopardy. And that's what would have happened had they just let themselves dangle in the wind. Now ultimately, we saw the Big 12 did stay together in this new arrangement. They lost some teams, added two more. Now they're basically the Big 12 with 10 teams. Got it. But, how lo- again, how long is this arrangement going to stick together? You see the kind of leadership that they have. Basically, this is just a long way of saying, I'm still glad that we're in the SEC. Yes, in a perfect world, we'd still be playing the old Big 8. I get it. There would have never even been a Big 12 in a perfect world, ladies and gentlemen. But, again, unfortunately, we live in the real world Not a perfect world. But again, back to my original point, which was I'm much more of a, hey, let's, sure, let's get rid of these buy quote unquote games where you buy a victory against the Citadel or Southeast Missouri or whoever it might be and actually play real Power Five teams every single week. I'm completely down with that idea. And it would also, it would also keep the, Traditional rivalries like Florida-Florida State, the inter interconference rivalries, Georgia-Georgia Tech, Kentucky-Louisville, Clemson-South Carolina. You know, there's plenty of examples of that. Penn State and Pittsburgh, all kinds of games like that. You want those games to continue, so again, let's not totally throw the baby with the bathwater out there, Mr. Mandel. And coming up, I've got some more thoughts to get to, including... Tyler Macon, future Mizzou quarterback, his senior football season looks like it's about to be taken away from him. Dwayne Rock, the Rock Johnson, buys something that you St. Louis football fans will be very interested in. And I have some thoughts on the bubble as well. So again, as Major League Baseball is struggling with what to do in the face of positive tests for COVID-19, well, the... Now the mainstream idea, the conventional wisdom is that well they really messed up by not doing an NBA style bubble. And without getting too far into the, you know, the union dynamics that are different between those two sports and I don't know just possibly the the physical dynamics of having multiple baseball venues versus basketball arenas I do think we might be jumping the gun here a little bit. Now, obviously, if you, the more you isolate people, yes, clearly the safer they will be from almost anything. But at the same time, we're also very early in this NBA bubble thing. And while I, I can certainly imagine that they'll have far fewer positive tests than Major League Baseball might, I could certainly see that scenario continuing. Well, the idea that they're going to have zero tests – that i find hard to believe because we got a couple more months of basketball here to play and just the idea that this is going to continue with absolutely no positive tests whatsoever i would bet against that personally that's just my that's just what my instincts are telling me but this isn't an nba show this is a college football and basketball show so my point is is well obviously there isn't a bubble for college football so how is this going to work? Are we just going to shut down everything when positive tests start coming about? Or are these guys going to be out for a period of time? I haven't heard any great answers to that. Now, for as much as people are saying that, well, it's good that the SEC with this only SEC only schedule, yeah, you limit contact to some extent with players, that's sort of a bubble, I guess, relatively speaking. But again, the problem is, what about when things go wrong? I just haven't seen the protocols there, any information that makes me confident that this season is going to continue when, again, things start happening that you hope don't happen. And I just, I hope as a, as a day trader, as a stock investor, one of the first things I learned was that hope is not a strategy. So I certainly hope ironically, I hope that the SEC presidents aren't purely relying on that as their strategy moving forward. Now, just quickly, I'm going to tell you guys, uh, give a little personal background on myself. I played some high school basketball in, in Ashland, in fact, old Southern Boone High School. Shout out everybody in that beautiful town. But we had a really good junior season, An excellent junior season, I would say. But unfortunately, we were knocked out of districts by Lynn High School. I know I have some Lynn listeners in this audience. Shout out, Ricky. How you doing, pal? And unfortunately, my senior year, the same thing happened again. We had another really, really good season, but heartbreakingly could not get out of districts, once again succumbing to the Lynn Wildcats. Wildcats? That's right. I think they're the Wildcats. Oh, who cares? Regardless, as painful as it was, as heartbreaking as it was to be knocked out my senior year, you know it would have been a thousand times more painful than that? Not having the chance to run it back my senior year with some of my best friends and to just get that chance again, to to have that one last senior campaign. But now, the reason I bring this up is because future Mizzou quarterback from East St. Louis, Tyler Macon, well, Illinois has basically decided that they're going to push college, sorry, high school football back in their state to the spring. And unfortunately for Tyler Macon, that means he's got a decision to make now because he's assumed this whole time that he was going to enroll early in January at Missouri, get his career started, jumpstart his college football career, and heck, even his pro career someday if we're going to get really, really optimistic. But now that that option's been taken away from him and basically he has to decide between his own personal career, his ability to maybe start as a freshman. Who the heck knows? Weirder things have happened at Mizzou or at least getting that again, getting that ball rolling quicker or playing with his best buddies and defending his state championship. Yeah, they went 15 and 0 last year, won the whole thing, the highest level of Illinois football. And frankly, just the idea that we're just going to take that away from them, you know, we can say it's necessary or not. We can have the stupid COVID argument that we've all had a million times with somebody or another in our lives. But regardless, let's just acknowledge the huge costs that are happening here. And you can say, "Oh, it's just football. It's just sports." Blah 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 blah. Man, these guys are never going to be 18 again. They're never going to be high school seniors again. And I remember one time I had an assistant coach at Ashland was basically saying one time, like, "Oh, you know, just kind of waxing poetic and nostalgic about his time as a high school basketball player." And at the time, I thought it was a little bit pathetic. If I'm being honest, I thought, "Man, did his life?" really peak in high school. But as I got older, I realized that wasn't what he was trying to say. He wasn't trying to say that his life peaked in high school. He was just saying that that was a unique time, a time that you're never going to get back. And that's totally accurate. You know, I don't certainly look at myself as like, oh, I peaked in high school as a high school basketball player. It's all been downhill since. But certainly that was a unique period in my time, and I've never experienced any kind of athletic pressure like that in my entire life. I've never had that sort of bonding experience with guys I've I've played basketball with many of them since I was in 4th grade and that kind of thing. I mean, that's a special experience and a unique one and it's not one that can be replicated when you're 21, 31, 41, 51 at any point in your life. So, let's at least acknowledge the various costs that are happening because well, our instinct is to shut down everything in this day and age. And finally, you know what? Let's get out of here with some positive news. Turns out the XFL is going to be alive. We have resurrected the thing from the throes of bankruptcy proceedings. In fact, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, owner of 50% of the franchise, for the league, I should say, not the franchise, but Speaking of a, of a franchise, this is great news for all you St. Louis football fans. I'm actually really thrilled for the Battle Hawks. You know, I'm not a big Battle Hawks guy per se. You know, I, I'm a I've been a Chiefs fan since I was a kid. Frankly, between the Chiefs and the Tigers, I've got my football fix. But clearly, in St. Louis, there was a big appetite for the Battle Hawks. I mean, their their attendance in the former Trans World Dome was truly, truly impressive. And so I'm really happy for that city, the the fans of that that team, including, well, my frequent co-host, Mr. Blake Stark. So congratulations. Hopefully, heck, maybe we'll get some XFL back maybe in a year or so. Maybe we get a COVID vaccine, stranger. Things have certainly happened. So with all that said, I'm going to get on out of here. Once again, thank you guys for your patience on our dark week the previous week. So, we're back in the saddle again. Look for at least three of these a week from here until hopefully Mizzou football gets going once again. So, until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.